Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Today is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. The world's most powerful nations are preparing for a world war that will be fought with directed energy weapons. Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall recently told a defense industry symposium that the USA must be ready to fight a war with weapons that no nation has ever experienced. We will have a full report on the latest developments in World War III later in today's True News. First, however, a powerful Democrat in the U.S. Senate was indicted on Friday and charged with bribery. Let's look at this report published by the New York Post. And, Doc, here is the headline. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez hit with federal corruption charges for a second time. Yes. Allegedly took bribes, including $100,000 in gold bars. Yes. This is the second time the New Jersey Democrat has been arrested. He got off uh, free the last time with a, a uh, I think it was a hung jury. Yes, that's right. Him and that doctor from Miami. Yes. And the accusations were that... Uh, there were underage prostitutes from the Dominican yes. Republic involved. Mm -hmm. Never proved that, never supposedly proved that. But uh, but yes, that ended up in a hung jury. And now we have these charges. This just today. came out just a few hours ago. Yes. So New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez has been hit with federal corruption charges related to a years long scheme in which he allegedly accepted bribes, including gold bars in exchange for helping three businessmen and the country of Egypt. And that's uh, coming from officials today. The Democrat and his wife, Nadine Menendez, were charged with taking hundreds of thousands in bribes, according to a Manhattan federal indictment. Now, it appears that from uh, 2018 to 2022, Senator Menendez provided substantial military aid to Egypt, including handing over sensitive information from the U.S. government and annual grants of over $1 billion in foreign military financing. That's according to the indictment that was issued today. Uh, so he, he transferred uh, U.S. government secret information. That makes him a traitor. Yes, it certainly does. Well, uh, why is that not different than a spy? It means he had a spy in the U.S. Senate. Yes. He had a mole. And the mole was a senator, and he was providing sensitive U.S. government information to a foreign government, in this case, Egypt, in return for gold bars. Yes. Gold bars that were hidden in his clothing, along with cash. At his uh, house. Yes. Um, you know, this is not the first time they found gold bars. They, they found gold the last time. 
Oh, I they didn't arrested. know that. Yeah, they found gold the last time that they raided his house. Well, he believes in gold. He does. You know, uh, the uh, New Jersey Democrat had his uh, retirement invested in gold. Now, you, you, you know, hey, watch this segue. Watch this. <laughs> you can have your you can have your retirement funds invested in gold. You can do it the legal way. By <laughs> oh, this is terrible, Doc. This is terrible. Oh, let's go uh, for it. Um, now, Genesis Gold is a co-sponsor of today's True News, and um, they specialize in legitimate plans to invest your retirement IRAs in gold and other precious metals. Um, the New Jersey Democrat did it the illegal way. Right. But he did have a retirement plan in gold. But you can have it the right way by going to the website, truenewsgold.com, truenewsgold.com. That's Genesis Gold Group. I couldn't resist the opportunity. <laughs> yes. All right. I thought this is, this is too good uh, to pass up. Uh, but just another corrupt Democrat, another corrupt senator in, in America. Um, I don't know. Is this, uh, is this bad news for Joe Biden? I mean, I'm surprised that the, uh, the Justice Department went after the New Jersey Democrat. Right. And, you know, the last trial ended up in a hung jury for Menendez. Uh, I have a general rule. Democrats don't go to jail, but there might be something that they're wanting to do to Menendez in this particular situation. So and it does take your eyes off Biden for a while. Or he got it? greedy. Yeah. Thank he got too much. greedy and kept too he much is. for himself. Uh, while we're talking about bribes in Washington, there was a story several weeks ago that we never touched. And it was one of those big stories that I should have talked about, but I don't recall what else happened that day. And we never got to that particular story. And then I kept putting it aside and forgot to bring it up. But the, uh, the Menendez uh, bribery article today uh, jarred my memory. I said, wow. We, we need to talk about the CIA bribery story. This, uh, this story was buried in America. It got almost zero coverage in the American news media. I saw it in RT, Russia Today. But in the United States, hardly anybody talked about it. Here's the headline. CIA bribed analysts into COVID-19 conclusion according to a whistleblower. Yes. So six CIA analysts on the COVID discovery team were given a significant monetary incentive, also known as a bribe, to report that the 2019 outbreak of the coronavirus did not originate at a laboratory. That's coming from two committees of the U.S. House of Representatives, and this uh, reported last week, citing a whistleblower from within the agency itself. Now, the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence have received new and concerning whistleblower testimony regarding the CIA's investigation into the origins of the pandemic from a person described as a multi-decade senior-level current agency officer. Now, according to this whistleblower, six of the seven members of the COVID discovery team were believed, uh, believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that the virus originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Only one believed the virus came from an animal, 
but he was the most senior, according to a letter the two committees sent to CIA <laughs> Director William Burns. The six analysts were offered money to change their position so that the agency could arrive at the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the whistleblower told the committee. It's astounding. Yes. Not surprising. Not surprising, but astounding that the CIA bribes its own employees. You, you had six analysts who did their job and issued a report that said the virus, the COVID virus, came from a laboratory. Right. Somebody high up in the CIA said, oh, no, 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 no. We can't say that. We can't say that. But the analyst said, but that's the evidence that we have. We're paid to give you a report, to give you our professional assessment. And our assessment is COVID-19 came from a laboratory. It didn't come from a bat. Right. And then somebody at the CIA with authority and power said, let's offer those gentlemen an incentive. An incentive to rethink their conclusions. Let's give them some, a, a bonus. Maybe they got gold bars. For all we know, maybe they got their retirement fund in, in gold. It didn't say whether they were salary bonuses. It could have been, could have been gold bars. Who right. knows? So there are a number of questions here, um, and most of you already know the answers. I'm just asking the questions for the benefit of uh, discussion. So, number one, why would senior officials in the CIA, why would they want to change the conclusion of the analysts? Why would they side in favor of China? Because the China story... The official China story was it came from a, a, a meat, meat market. market. Remember, a, someone ate a pangolin or a bat or something. It was a, a bat. Bat soup. Remember yeah, the bat soup? It was a bat soup theory. came from bat soup. Some Chinese people bought some bats down at the farmer's market, and uh, the bats had this virus, a virus that nobody had seen before. All right. And, uh, and then it spread. That was the official story. Why would the CIA leadership want the CIA analysts to go with the Chinese PLA story. That's the, that's the alibi of the PLA. It came from bats. Why would the CIA want their analysts to line up their conclusions with the People's Liberation Army? Isn't that an interesting question? It is interesting. It almost suggests that there was collusion between our intelligence and the Chinese. Yes. That uh, people in the CIA and the Pentagon and the National Institute of Health and Dr. Fauci and others knew exactly where the virus came from. And they had their fingerprints all over it. And these analysts were getting too close to the truth. Right. Well, the CIA couldn't take them out and shoot them. I mean, that's messy. I mean, what do you, how do you explain six CIA employees found dead? That just happened to be on the COVID discovery team. Right. They, so 
what they what they had to do was was offer them some monetary incentives to rethink their conclusions. But the the, the main question is why. Why was the CIA leadership determined to line up the CIA's narrative with the Chinese PLA narrative? Why? I want somebody to answer that question. I, I'll throw out another one that uh, that intelligence and the administration saw an opportunity and the deep state and mm -hmm. the administration saw an opportunity to roll out some of their totalitarian controls on people globally and so by going along with the china story and everything it makes the blame on china and not on their activities and trying to do lockdowns and but, but uh, doc, doing the uh, vaccination fund camps and everything but doc if no because if I, i'll disagree with you on this because if if it originated from china the deep state could have continued with their lockdowns they could have said this is a this well, is a okay, crisis yeah, i see that yeah. this is a this is a national security crisis we, we've got to go into serious lockdown this is a biological weapon so they that's not the angle that they took well then the only other option is that they were protecting the deep state here now, yes. Like you said, it uh, would mean that the Pentagon and the CIA were working with the Chinese PLA to develop the virus. Right. Well, I, that, I've, that's really it, isn't it? Do you remember several years ago when Newsweek and other news organizations went bonkers and published big headlines about me when I said that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci should be taken to Guantanamo Bay and waterboarded? until he confessed what he knew about Wuhan. They went really bonkers on that. Because they said, you know, this guy Wiles, this guy is, this guy is, is a, a loose cannon. Hmm. I mean, who would take a, the, the esteemed, respected Dr. Fauci to Guantanamo and, and waterboard him like he's, like he's a criminal? And, or an enemy. Or an enemy of the state. Right. That's what they do, the enemies of the state. They yes. take them to Guantanamo and waterboard them. You may not agree with it, but that's what they do. But Fauci knows a lot about coronavirus, and he's never been questioned. And the reason he hasn't been questioned is that he has high-level protection in Washington from the people who told him to do it. How many times has Fauci been inside the Wuhan China lab. Nobody's ever asked him, Dr. Fauci, have you ever visited the city of Wuhan? Have you ever been in the laboratory? And even if he hasn't been in the lab, he's been in contact with them for sure. Well, he signed off on the millions and millions and millions of dollars of funding that he funneled through his buddy, that, that uh, EcoHealth Alliance. And that was just a money laundering operation to get the money over to, right. to China. So Fauci could honestly say, I never sent money to Wuhan. No, you gave it to your buddy in his little scientific organization, and he used it in Wuhan. But Fauci's never been questioned. Even Rand Paul, I don't think Senator Rand Paul has ever asked Fauci, have you personally ever been to Wuhan? My guess is he's been there numerous times. 
but he's never been held accountable. The second question. By the way. Yes. He's still the highest paid government employee in the U.S. Yes. And uh, they came out the other day. He had a net worth of $11 million. So he, he gets paid more than the president. Yes, he does. Well, he's retired now. Well, I mean, yes, he officially he retired into this year, right? No, I think he retired the end of last year. Oh, yeah. Okay, but still, he was the highest he's paid government highest employee. paid person in the United States because he needed cash incentives to keep his mouth shut for the things he was involved in. Money works. It does. So the other question I have about the CIA bribery uh, article, bribery of CIA officials, is who are the who was the person who authorized the cash incentives? Somebody had to sign off on it. Was it Director Burns? How far up the food chain did it go? Did Director Burns know about the bribery? Did he authorize it? So who are the, who are the CIA officials who were involved in the offer to bribe CIA analysts to change their story about COVID. And who were the analysts? Did they accept the bribes? Did they cash the checks? Who are they? Let's see names. I don't, I don't know of one U.S. senator or congressman who's asked these questions. And I'll tell you what, they're not going to ask them. Because everybody's afraid of the CIA. Yes. Or you end up like a Kennedy. That's all there is to it. So, with that said, we'll move on to another story. Because we're never going to get the answers to those questions. We can't even get the documents from Kennedy's assassination from 1963. Yeah, How are you going to get the names of the people that bribed the CIA officials? Or even the ones that were the names of the ones right. who were bribed. So, uh, I checked up today. What's the status of the World Health Organization Global Pandemic Treaty that they're working on? I found a National Public Radio article today. The world hopes to enact a pandemic treaty by May 2024. Will it succeed or fail? And. Uh, We've got a, a, a brief uh, statement here from the MPA, NPR article. So it said, at the height of the pandemic, world leaders proposed a bold idea. They envisioned a pandemic treaty that would obligate countries to work together to prevent future health emergencies like COVID. In other words, to cooperate in a way that didn't quite happen when the SARS-CoV-2 struck. The World Health Assembly set the deadline for such an accord, May of 2024. The idea was to light a fire under the participants and have the accord ready when the assembly convenes in Geneva. But negotiations have seized up around a series of issues. How would such a treaty be enforced and how would it be financed? Um, so it's already run into some roadblocks here, but you just use the Obama method. Obama signed it. <laughs> he would sign it. Yes, he'd just sign it and not even call it a treaty, just call it an agreement. It's the Paris, remember the Paris Agreement? Right. Uh, it wasn't the Paris Treaty, but the Paris Agreement. So we just obligate ourselves under an agreement. We bypass the Senate's ratification of it. I mean, we've done it before. Well, Doc, this has to be stopped. 
I agree. This this is this is a line in the sand, folks. We it, we have to stop it. There, there's no discussion about it. You, it must be stopped. They're working on a treaty that would give the World Health Organization global pandemic powers. That's right. And basically, the sovereignty of every nation would be stripped away. Yes. And nations would have to submit to the WHO if the WHO declares a global pandemic. The nations that are signatory uh, members of the treaty would be obligated by the treaty uh, regulations to immediately put into effect everything in the treaty. And so if the WHO declares lockdowns, every nation has to go into lockdowns. That's right. If they declare mask mandates, every nation must declare mask mandates. If they order the closure of all churches and schools, every nation that has that signs the treaty will have, have to, to close their churches and schools. This treaty must be stopped. And why I brought this out to you is that we now, this week, we now have a date. This is the first time I've seen a date. May 24. May 2024. That's when they plan to have this treaty finished. Now, that doesn't mean it's ratified by the U.S. Senate. They plan to have the treaty written by May 2024. The Democrats are in control of the U.S. Senate by a hair. Biden is in the White House. Biden will sign this treaty before it even goes to the Senate. Before the ink is wet, yes. <laughs> He'll sign it and say, we're on board. But it will have to go to the U.S. Senate. And the Democrats are in control. And if 100% of the Democrats vote, I don't remember. I, I got to go back and look at the Constitution. Are treaties by simple majority or two-thirds? I'll find out for you. We need to check that. I don't recall. But the Democrats are going to do everything they can to push this through the U.S. Senate. So we have to be prepared. This, this, uh, this next video is, features a member of the European Parliament, Christine Anderson. And she delivered a very blunt message to the globalists. Uh, I apologize. I don't think we edited uh, she uses a, a few uh, words here to tell them where they can go. I'm not trying to offend anybody watching or listening to the program. Um, it's just what she said. And she was very, very emphatic in the need, the requirement of all of us to resist the tyranny. And, and as I said, uh, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but folks, we're at a place that, you know, if— if one or two words going out offend you and make you mad, but you're not offended by the tyrants, you've got your priorities wrong because they are offensive. Yes. Their tyranny is offensive to me. And they seek to, to enslave us in a global system, a global uh, concentration camp an electronic digital concentration camp. That's really what they're building. Here is a European member of parliament, Christine Anderson. It's about five minutes, but it's worth listening to. To uh, wake the people up. 
because the point is simply this. It, it comes down to a choice. It's either freedom, democracy, and the rule of law, or enslavement. There is no such thing in between. There is no such thing as a little freedom, a little democracy, a little rule of law, just as there is no such thing as a little enslavement. So that's, that's the choice. It comes down to it's either the globalitarian misanthropists or the people. It comes down to it's either us or them. And that's, I think, what this really is all about. Now, when my colleagues and I were elected to this parliament, there was no question about it. We were on the side of the people. Because the people actually pay us to act in their best interest. That's our job. And once again, I will say to every single elected representative around the world, to every single member in every elected government around the world, if you do not unequivocally stand with the people and serve in their best interest, act in their best interest, you have no place in any parliament or in any government. You belong behind bars. You may even rot in hell for all I care at this point, because that's exactly what you deserve if you sell out the people. Now I would like to make a promise to the people, and I'm pretty sure I can speak uh, or speak on behalf of my colleagues. We will continue to stand with you, the people. We will continue to fight for freedom, democracy, and the rule of law. We will not shut up, and we will not stop going after those despicable globalitarian misanthropists. But we would also like to have you make a promise to us. You may have heard, it's all coming back. The first countries are already starting about talking mass mandates in Israel. They're already imposing it. I've heard of a few universities in the United States. They're already bringing it all back. And I would really like for you, the people, to not go along. Simply say no. They want you to wear a mask, say no. They want you to put in another mRNA shot, say no. They want to impose a curfew on you, say no. That's really all you have to do. And might not be or it might sound a little, little hard, but it's actually not that hard. Because once you've made it clear to them that you will no longer go along, once you've let them know, they cannot scare you anymore. Because as long as you are afraid of what they might do 
If you don't comply, they have power over you. Take the power away from them. Simply say no. Once you do that, they don't have power over you anymore. You will feel so free. Simply say no. And considering what we've heard today, and considering what we've seen in the last three years, considering what we know they want to implement, heck, you might even be well within your right to tell them to screw themselves and go to hell. That's where they belong. What will you get out of that? I can tell you. Once you've done that, once you've told them to just go to hell, they no longer have power over you, you will have an incredible feeling. A kind of like a sensation of freedom will swap through your body. I promise. You will feel so relieved. And this is the state of mind that I would ask all of you to get to. Simply don't let them grind you down anymore. You are worth it. You are deserving of just standing up for yourselves and tell them all to go to hell. Thank you very much. I think her message was clear. I think she made herself very clear, Doc. And there is a global resistance building. And the next time that they try to lock down the world, there is going to be resistance. But, Doc, I believe that they will, uh, they, they, they already, and when I say they, the globalists, they anticipate that resistance yes and they will they will hit the world with a a virus that was that will be far more dangerous than covid right they will anticipate the resistance uh, these people are sick they're power hungry they're sick and hurting people and killing people doesn't bother them it doesn't affect them i mean if you don't have a conscience what how are you going to how are you going to make somebody ashamed of what they're doing if you don't have a conscience? These people don't have a conscience. It's all about power. Right. And it's, it's, about, it's really about their God, who is Lucifer. Hey, we're going to take a short break and uh, have an announcement from our co-sponsor, Genesis Gold Group. Um, I had a good conversation yesterday with the owner of Genesis Gold Group, and uh, he really... Uh, is very, very appreciative of the True News audience. And uh, I just wanted to check in with him. We had a, a brief conference call. And it's a wonderful company. They really like us. And uh, I just want to encourage our audience, if you are thinking about an IRA retirement fund rolled over into precious metals, then you should contact Genesis Gold Group. And you can go to truenewsgold.com. To get more information, here is that announcement from Genesis Gold Group. Are you concerned about this economic storm and how your IRA and 401k will fare during these turbulent times? Top experts are predicting now is the time to be protecting your assets with physical gold and silver. Find out why Genesis Gold Group is the number one recommended company by your favorite preppers and homestead channels. Receive Genesis Gold Group's free definitive gold guide today or give them a call at 800-200-GOLD.
All right, our second half of the first hour of True News. And by the way, uh, in the second hour, we, we always feature our morning manna Bible study. And on Fridays, we have Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. So uh, if you're listening online or on International Shortwave, you have time to gather together the elements of the Lord's Supper, and you can join with us and participate in Holy Communion later in today's True News. That's going to be every Friday in our morning manna uh, Bible lesson. So the second half of the first hour is co-sponsored by AmericanReserves.com, an American-owned, American-made company that supplies emergency preparedness food. And I'm going to spend most of this time talking about World War III. We'll start with um, Taiwan. And this is today's Taipei Times. Friends, I'm telling you, I give you, I give you the best World War III report daily of any news program in the United States of America. Hardly anybody talks about World War III. Who does? Really, truthfully, almost. I can't think of anybody that, that that will come right out and say, we're in World War III right now. Right. They'll kind of dance around it, but they really won't talk about it. This is today's Taipei Times, and uh, it says uh, PLA activity unusual. That's how it's being described by a... Uh, a, uh, the Minister of National Defense in Taiwan. Yes, so recent movements by the Chinese People's Liberation Army have been highly unusual, but the military maintains a grasp of the situation. That's coming from Minister of National Defense, Chiu Kuo Ching, said, uh, speaking on Friday after the military for the first time said it was monitoring troop movements in China's Daxin Bay. Now, the Ministry of National Defense on Thursday evening released an Air Force surveillance photograph of a PLA Shanxi Y-8 anti-submarine aircraft and said it was monitoring the PLA rocket force and ground movements near Daxing Bay in the Fujian province's Zhang County, a PLA amphibious landing site. Zhou said there was no particular revelation in the announcement, but that PLA movements have been highly unusual lately. And that comes on the heels of a, a report that uh, I think was Wall Street Journal or New York Times or that that was saying the uh, uh, aircraft... Wall Street Journal. Yes. Uh, uh, Chinese aircraft weren't, uh, you know... It's not a drill. Not They're a drill. practicing. They're practicing. Uh, practicing for what? Well, for the eventual invasion of Taiwan. And so when you start seeing troop uh, development in a bay directly across from Taiwan... It, that is highly unusual, but do you think they're downplaying this right now? Uh, the, the Taiwanese, are they kind of trying to keep things cool, or are they really aware of what's happening? Oh, they're right? very aware. What, you know, obviously they want to keep the, the public in Taiwan calm. Um, I mean, psychological warfare. China wants the Taiwanese people to be frightened, to be uneasy, to not be sure if— the Taiwanese government can withstand an attack. They want them to question whether President Joe Beijing Biden would back the Taiwanese people. What do you think? What do you think? Would Beijing Biden really defend Taiwan? I just don't see that happening, Rick. No. <laughs> not at all. He's not going to do it. They're, they're going to go through the motions. The Pentagon will go through the motions of pretending that it's going to confront Taiwan. 
I mean, confront China over Taiwan. But it's not. Not as long as Beijing Biden's in the White House. Put another president in? Yeah. You, you put somebody in there that, that is uh, pro-America, but you can't have a compromised uh, criminal like Joe Biden in, in the White House when his family has received millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they arrested Menendez today on some gold bars from Egypt. Well, what about the Biden family in the tens of millions of dollars they have received right. from Ukraine and was it Romania and Russia and China? And nobody's arresting the Biden family. No. So you can't have any confidence that Joe Biden is going to defend Taiwan. And, and you know, the Taiwan situation is such, the Chinese have a unique opportunity right now that if they decided to do anything with Taiwan, they could practically lock down the world for two years just on semiconductors. Mm -hmm. Because we're building semiconductor factories here in the U.S., but they won't be ready for another two to three years. That's right. We can't even begin to compete until that time frame. And so the Chinese are looking at this. This is a perfect opportunity. They can also lock us down on just just, uh, stopping all exports of of, um, the rare earth minerals. Yes. Because they control the market. And our production comes to a halt. And a lot of items that depend on Chinese rare earth minerals. So when China makes its move, it's going to make all of its moves. It will, it will hit every single area in, in warfare. It will cut off the supply of minerals to the West. It will cut off. Uh, they'll stop buying U.S. Treasury bonds to right. finance our, our, our bloated government. They'll cut off everything. At one time, it will be a hard hit. But I don't think Joe Biden's going to do anything. However, I want to show you what's being said today. Uh, this is uh, this next re- report is actually about two weeks old from The Hill. China preparing for war with the U.S., says the secretary of the United States Air Force, which is uh, Mr. Frank Kendall. And he said Air Force uh, Secretary Frank Kendall warned that China was building up its military to prepare for a potential war with the United States and America must optimize its forces to counter the rising threat. Speaking at the Air Force Air and Space Forces Association War Fighter Symposium at National Harbor, Maryland, Mr. Kendall said the U.S. must be ready. Listen to this. Right. Must be ready for a kind of war we have no modern experience with. In other words, it's going to be fought with weapons that mankind has never seen. Right. That goes beyond nuclear weapons. That goes beyond biological and chemical weapons. We're getting into sci-fi weapons now, laser beams, scalar weapons. Uh, EMP attacks. He's saying we have to be prepared to fight a war that nobody has an experience fighting. Now, we actually have some highlights of his address to the symposium the day before. uh, And it was reported back uh, by the U.S. Air Force on uh, 9-11 of all dates. Uh, Secretary Kendall outlines China threat in stark detail, offers blueprint for effective response. 
and uh, said mixing historical cautions with stark but informed assessments. Department of Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall presented a detailed tutorial September 11th for why China is America's preeminent security threat and why the Air Force and Space Force must modernize and adapt quickly to ensure the nation's security and interests are protected. Now, while Secretary Kendall's uh, 30-minute keynote address to the Air and Space Force Association's 2023 Air, Space, and Cyber Conference was like previous speeches and its broad themes, his remarks went into a stark and more detailed direction about China's evolution and what it means in today's world than he has previously. He said, we must be ready for the kind of war we have no modern experience with. Our job is to deter that war and to be ready to win if it occurs. We're all talking about the fact that the air and space forces must change or we could fail to prevent and might even lose a war. Some more remarks here. But based on what he's saying right now, Rick, is that we are not prepared for that war. Yes, Yes, that's what he's saying. Doc, I sought in vain today to find video of his remarks. And I found video of other speakers at that symposium, but not of Secretary Kendall. So I don't know why they chose to keep uh, video uh, from the public on this. Um, But uh, he said uh, to support his claim, uh, Secretary Kendall noted that China has created two military services, including a rocket force specifically designed to attack America's high-value assets, aircraft carriers, forward airfields, and key C-2 and logistic nodes. And the second service, known as Strategic Support Services, are designed and equipped to achieve information dominance in the space and cyber domains. So they've created an entire branch of their military service devoted to cyber. Yes. That's right. And space. Space warfare and cyber warfare. Uh, When I tell you, folks, uh, another Pearl Harbor is coming. It's far, far beyond anything. And Pearl Harbor was was terrible, horrible attack of the Japanese Empire on, on our naval fleet in 1941. And it shocked the world. And America went to war with Japan. What's coming from China is far worse. Yeah, it, it, it will, they will use weapons that we have never thought of that would be used against us. I will say this. I do not believe China will use chemical and biological weapons and nuclear weapons on the United States for this reason. They want the land. Yes. They, if we go back, what, 20 years ago or more, Remember the Chinese general who retired, General He Tian? Was that his name? I believe Hei so, Tien. yes. yes. And his, in his retirement speech, this is like 20 years ago, he said, we have a plan for America. He goes, we're not going to use nuclear weapons. We're going to use biological weapons. He said, he literally said, that. he said, we will exterminate the Americans. We will exterminate them and remove them and then relocate the Chinese population to America. He said it in his retirement speech that they had weapons prepared for the American people. 
So I don't think that they're going to hit us with nuclear weapons, but they are going to hit And Most likely it would be uh, gene-specific, DNA-specific biological weapons. And they really don't have to do that. A, a broad-based EMP over North America, uh, you know, there have been studies that within... You know, one weeks, year. one year, weeks, there'd be a major reduction in population. But within a year, basically, it's just a cleanup operation at that point. One of the former CIA directors told me that 90 percent of the American population would be dead in one year. Yes. Not from the attack, but from the aftermath of the attack, meaning breakdown of society. No food. No medicine. No, no medicine. No hospital care. Uh, chaos, crime, violence, 90% of the American people would be dead within one year. And that's what China is expecting, that they just wait it out, and then they come in and they do the mop-up. They just take care of the remaining survivors, the resistors, to remove them, and then move their people. Look, China could move easily could move 500, 700 million people here on, on American soil. They could easily do it, Doc, and alleviate their problems on the Chinese mainland. I truly believe that's their plan. I really do. I believe it's their plan. And, and that's why you have to be prepared spiritually and physically to withstand what's coming and and pray to Almighty God that somehow we're able to overcome such a plan. We have traitors in this country at the highest levels who've sold out our country. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. And I am not in despair. I truly believe that if God's true church in this country. He has a remnant church in this country. He has men and women who will not compromise, who will not bow down, who will remain loyal to him. If that true church stands for God, for Jesus Christ, he will stand for us and somehow he will, he will defeat our enemies. But right now we have big gaping holes in our Spiritual defense shield. Right. I our mean, spiritual, our, spir our, our spiritual, spiritual defense, defense shield. shield is down. It is down. We don't have a spiritual defense shield around this country right now. Partial defense shield. Because the, the organized church, the man-made church is weak right now. But there is a remnant church. There's a Daniel 11 church in this country there is a Daniel 11 church in this nation right now. And that is our, our mission to organize house to house Daniel 11 micro churches, community to community, to get people prepared. I want to go on. Um, we're not going to be able to get through all these articles here today. The next, uh, the next one is uh, New York Post. U.S. lawmakers warned struggling defense industry needs to get, look at this, Doc, yes. get on a war footing. What, what you have in this article are members of the U.S. Congress saying it is time for us to 
transition to a war economy. And China being the target. Yes. What they're saying here, we're not going to go through the entire article, but it's basically uh, Wisconsin Republican Congressman Mike Gallagher. And it says, uh, a defense manufacturer's struggle to keep up with the Pentagon's needs and the threat from China grows. The chairman of a key house subcommittee told industry leaders to shift from the current peacetime production pace and get on a war footing. Doc, this is what happens just before yes. war breaks out. People, they know war's coming. Yes. Industry ramps up. The government starts telling industry, you've got to shift from peacetime to wartime. He goes on to say this, quote, in my opinion, we have not mobilized to prevent a war in the Pacific Cyber Information Technologies and Innovation Subcommittee head Mike Gallagher said, quote, we have not moved to maximum production rates of long range precision fires. So this congressman is trying to get American industry to pick up the pace, and get into a wartime economy mode. Start making the weapons. Start getting the supplies. Get ready for war. That's what this is all about, Doc. Right. And we'll go on. I want, I want you to hear the rest of it. It's really important what he said. Uh, Doc, let's pick this up here where it says uh, uh, hindered by the after right. effects. So hindered by the after effects of slowed production during COVID-19 and the task of keeping Ukraine stocked with the uh, systems they need to fight off Russia. The defense base has been unable even to refill the Pentagon's dwindling weapon stockpiles, let alone produce new defense capabilities. So with only 10 days left of the 2023 fiscal year, the Pentagon has failed to spend its entire weapons and development budget, largely because the defense industry's slowed production rate left it unable to fulfill the orders. That's according to Representative Gallagher. The hearing came one week after Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall, who we just talked about, gave a sobering speech in which he said China is rapidly galvanizing its military in preparation for a potential conflict. And it goes on here to say, this is quoting Congressman Gallagher, quote, the intelligence couldn't be clearer. China is preparing for war and specifically for a war with the United States. If we took this warning from the Secretary of the Air Force seriously and thereby got serious about preventing a war with China, preventing World War III, we would immediately shift the Pentagon away from a posture optimized for peacetime efficiency and onto a war footing. We must embrace the basic paradox, he said, that to avoid a war, we have to adopt a war footing. Well, I disagree with the congressman. I know what he's really trying to do. He's trying to get the country into wartime economy without telling the people we're getting ready for an all-out war with China. Right. Because they don't want to panic the public yet, but they got to psychologically move the American people into a mindset of sacrifice. What happens when a country goes into wartime footing? Well, in World War II, what, you had— rationing. You had shortages. I, I remember my grandparents telling me about uh, the items that were rationed. They had, to, they had to make do. They had to get by with 
without certain things during the war. They had to give you uh, ration cards for gasoline. And, and food. Yes. Things like sugar. You had to, were rationed. People were planting gardens in their front yard. Victory gardens. Yes. So they got the and entire... And really, that's the last time we've ever been on a war footing. Yes. Because even Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, that didn't require a war footing. No, of but this American is a people. world war, Doc. This yes. is a World War Three, And they're getting us ready for the war. And they're telling the American people, you're going to have to prepare for war. And you're going to have to psychologically be willing to sacrifice, make, make do with less... Because our factories are going to stop making all of the things you like to buy. Our factories are going to have to make things we need to kill Chinese. And that's, that's basically it, right? That's what it is. We got to kill the other guy. That's what it's about. That's what they're telling us right here. Um, this is why I'm so adamant about people preparing and getting ready. And, and I, I searched for a long time to find a, a food preparedness company that I could personally endorse, get behind it, and know that we were sending our people to a good company. And that is this company, AmericanReserves.com. And a lot of you have already uh, purchased food from this company in the past uh, couple weeks, and and. Uh, if you think it's just a 30-day supply, they do. They have a 30-day supply for one person. Um, they have a three-month supply, six-month supply, 12-month supply, a 72-hour emergency kit. They have all those kits. But this is what I want you to see today. They have what I would call side kits, uh, add-ons. I want to show you the one for, for meats. This is, you can, you can buy, uh, you can buy, this is real meat. This isn't uh, fake meat. This is not lab-grown meat either. It's not lab-grown. It's, it's chicken, ground beef. Um, there's, there's a variety. I mean, as you can see here on the screen, roasted flavored chicken, savory roasted ground beef, Southwest-style chicken, cheesy ground beef, teriyaki-style chicken, stroganoff beef, uh, plus white rice, black beans, kidney beans, pinto beans. You can buy that by the bucket. I mean, you don't have to be eating cereal every day during an emergency that could last months or even years. Right. There, 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 there are ways to have meat products stored, long-term, long-shelf meat products and that's one of the that's one of the options at American Reserves another one is uh, the vegetables and with the vegetable kit uh, they have corn peas broccoli and green beans in one bucket they also have an emergency egg uh, bucket and uh, there are uh, 11,520 calories in this bucket of eggs. Each pouch has 24 servings in the bucket, and it has a 10-year shelf life for powdered eggs. Right. So there's a way to have a, 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 food, a food plan that has variety. 
So you're not just eating, uh, like I said, you know, cereals and, and rice and, and, and pasta. Uh, but, but you can have vegetables. You can have fruit. You can have meat. In fact, uh, you, can also have, uh, you can also have milk. There's uh, dried milk. There you go. With uh, whey milk, 25-year shelf life. Check it out at AmericanReserves.com. AmericanReserves.com. It is American-owned, American-made, American Reserves. Easy to remember. It is. AmericanReserves.com. Uh, we got about three and a half minutes before we take a break at the top of the hour, and then we'll have some more news when we come back. And then uh, in the second half of the second hour, we'll have our morning man, morning man of Bible study. So the next one I want to uh, take a look at here is, uh, this is number 19, Directed Energy Weapons Make Jump from Sci-Fi to Real World. Doc, 20, I don't know, 22, 23 years ago, 24 years ago, I mean, I've been on radio and internet for 24 and a half years. I was talking about directed energy weapons back then, and people just rolled their eyes like, where, where do you get this stuff? What are you talking about? So now, now we see, hey, directed energy weapons jump from science fiction to the real world. <laughs> well, they were in the real world 20-some years ago when I was yes. talking about it. But it's now that the— They can't deny it now. They, they want you to know it. They're now telling you it's okay. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore. You can now say it. Directed energy weapons. And it says that the— uh, U.S. Department of Defense is spending a billion dollars a year developing directed energy weapons with the goal of using them to defeat threats, including drones and missiles. Potential applications abound. High energy lasers, H-E-L, high energy lasers, high power microwaves, HPM. Systems can be used for short range air defense, SURAD, and counter unmanned aerial systems, as well as rockets, artillery, and mortars. And uh, this article quotes uh, Mr. Andy Lowry, chief operating officer of a defense company, Apiris. He says, what does a laser do to impart damage on the set target? It just basically heats up and melts, right? Just a ton of energy. There's no really wave interaction. Uh, this is a company that that is a developer of directed energy and counter drone systems. He said, with HPM, you're actually trying to use the electromagnetics in the air to cease the ability for anything that uses voltage and current to work. And you're trying to do that as, efficiency, as efficiently as possible. The weapons now in development come mainly in two forms, high-energy lasers, like Raphael's Iron Beam and Epirus's HPMs, the former focuses a beam and or beams of energy to blind, cut, or inflict heat damage on a target. The latter unleashes waves of energy that overwhelm or fry electronic components. My friend, when Secretary Kendall said, we're not ready to fight a war that nobody has ever experienced. Right. This is what we're talking about. There are going to be weapons used that we have no idea even exist. The average person has no idea that these weapons exist. But they're coming in this war, 
and we've got to get ready. You have got to get ready. The number one way to get ready is spiritually. Get your life right with Jesus Christ. Be on the right side of God, and God will be on the right side of you. Second thing to do is get physically ready. Be prepared at all times for anything to happen. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have more World War III news. You are listening to True News. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Oz. And we're also streaming on Getter. Uh, we have a nice growing audience on Getter. Yes. I'm very happy. We're also we've got a growing audience on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of platforms that are carrying us uh, live at 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, this, uh, uh, where I'm, I, I want to go with this is, Doc, we have not talked very much about the, the, the horrible fires that hit uh, Hawaii last month. Terrible tragedy. And I think many people believe that something unusual happened. And, I, and I, I've been, I'm reluctant. You know, I know that there are podcasters that just jump on things and just say things. And they, quite frankly, make up a lot of stuff because they don't have any evidence. They just make it up. Because they need it. They need the drama to create the audience. They need the they need to get people talking about what they're saying, and they'll just say anything. I, 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 over the 24 years, I've been very reluctant to do something like that. But I want to look and what are the facts? What can we prove? It's, it's okay. You'll hear me from time to time say, you know, this is speculation. There's nothing wrong with speculating. It's just thinking through, say, here's a possibility. Right. I'm talking about when podcasters emphatically say this is what happened. Right. And they have no evidence. That's just outright lying. And I don't want I don't want to ever go there. But there's nothing wrong with speculating and saying this may be an explanation of what happened. So I want to go back to a August 9th report from CNN. This is at the beginning of the fires on Lahana uh, in Hawaii. And this is what this is what CNN was reporting that day. Apocalyptic images from Hawaii, where wildfires have killed at least six people in Maui County. Violent and explosive wildfires have torn through the island of Maui, destroying homes and businesses. The fires being fueled by a hurricane 800 miles away. It erupted so suddenly people had to run into the ocean to escape the fire and then later be rescued. CNN's Derek Van Dam is with us now. And Derek, we just heard from authorities in Hawaii. They say the fire's still burning. And, and it's likely to continue as well, Jake. I mean, we still have the indirect impacts from Hurricane Dora and high pressure system to the north. So what it's doing is it's putting the squeeze right on the Hawaiian islands and allowing those winds out of the east to gust. Well, we just checked over 40 miles per hour in some of those locations. That's going to obviously complicate fire efforts. But look at the aerial video that you're seeing on your screens right now. This is imperative because 
the the fire that impacted the west side of uh, Maui, the, uh, the the location, the economic hub of Miami, where all the resorts and businesses are generally located, where people go as tourists to visit. Well, the fire ran out of room to burn, literally moving into the ocean uh, as it literally had nothing else to char. But uh, it was just incredibly harrowing moments. Uh, there were adjectives used like dire and apocalyptic, and you can see exactly why with some of these first aerial visuals that we are getting. Now, everyone in Hawaii knows how to handle a hurricane. Everyone knows how to handle a volcano as well, as difficult as it can be. But this caught people off guard. As a meteorologist, we were watching Hurricane Dora slide well south of the island chain. It wasn't a concern for us. We thought it was fish food, literally not impacting land. But the fact is that it created a phenomenon with the winds that no one could have foreseen, and it caught people off guard in the middle of the night when people were sleeping. So you can imagine just how terrifying those moments were overnight when we started to see those little flashpoints, the little hot spots on satellite imagery that meteorologists look at. We started to see those flare up. And that was a concern. And we immediately started to recognize that there was a problem. Social media videos start pouring in. And then we start to learn about the communications going down, 911 not becoming available for uh, residents over the western side of the island of Maui. Think how concerning and how terrifying those moments must have been for people not being able to reach out for help. Well, that's what people had to endure. So, Doc, that was uh, August, August 9th. Yeah, in, in tragic situation there. I mean, it was... The scenes, uh, I hate to use the word apocalyptic, but there really is, in our vernacular, there's really no other way right. to describe it. And people were running out and jumping into the ocean to get away from the flames. But this gentleman on CNN wanted us to believe that a hurricane 800 miles away was yes. the cause of this fire. Now, right away, your brain says, that doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. So where am I going with this? Well, I just said before, uh, it's okay to speculate. What's, what's not right is to emphatically say, this is what happened. I know it. I don't have any proof, but this is what happened. I'm just speculating. I want to go back to a, a video we showed you. We, we aired this program. We aired this report Back in Fe February. February 11 is when this was originally done. I don't remember the day we had it on True News, but it it was uh, televised in Hawaii on February 11, 2023, on KHON Channel 2. Many of you will remember seeing this on True News. Let's watch. Now to a very unusual site captured on camera. Japanese and local astronomers say a Chinese satellite was recently seen beaming down green lasers over the islands. This video captured atop the Subaru telescope on Mauna Kea, operated by the National Astronomical Observatory of Japan. Bryce Moore has the story. The lasers flash for just a couple seconds. Initially thought to be from a NASA altimeter satellite, the Japanese put out a correction note on Monday saying NASA scientists found a most likely candidate as the ACDL instrument by the Chinese DACI-1 AEMS satellite. I went to a University of Hawaii astronomer who read up on AEMS instruments. It's a Chinese satellite that is uh, measuring 
pollutants, among other things. It has many different instruments on it. Some kind of topographical mapping or they're also used for measuring stuff in the atmosphere, Earth's atmosphere, and I think that's what it is to environmental measurement satellite. I also sat down with the former chief of staff of Marine Forces Pacific. He had some questions. I'm not sure, this is my opinion, why the Chinese, who are probably some of the most prolific polluters on the planet, would be collecting data on pollutants on this side of the Pacific. Both experts say this isn't explicitly a spy satellite. It is cataloged and known by governments around the world. The U.S. has satellites that do the same thing. So in this case, despite all of the flurry, uh, well-deserved flurry about Chinese spy satellites and other devices, this one is just orbiting Earth and has a known orbit. The footage was taken January 28th, before the recent incident where a Chinese balloon traversed over the mainland U.S. before being shot down off the coast of South Carolina. Which brings the question, how much is the Chinese military seeing? They can shut down any communication nodes that they want if they believe that I think the public is getting too much information. So yeah, I, I think it's more probably military than anything else. That's, that's uh, makes sense. I had to ask, is this a risk to locals, to Hawaii? No, it's not a risk to Hawaii or any place else. To we have aircraft um, making these kind of measurements all the time. If you've seen topographical maps with high precision, those are made using sometimes this kind of thing. It seems to me that uh, those tensions are there. Uh, people are a little antsy. And, you know, I think, uh, I think we just need to be a little bit more uh, aware, vigilant. I reached out to the United States Space Force to see how often Chinese satellites scan Hawaii airspace and if there's been an explanation from China. Officials are working on getting me a response and we'll bring that to you as soon as we hear back. Bryce Moore, KHON2 News, working for Hawaii. So, Doc, my, uh, my suspicion is that China demonstrated one of their directed energy weapons and the Pentagon knows what happened. That's, that's my suspicion. I'm not saying I know that. I don't. I don't have that evidence. I think China demonstrated on Hawaii. Where did World War III kick off for the United States? An attack on Hawaii. I think China demonstrated one of their directed energy weapons on Lahana in Hawaii burned the island to a crisp and just a portion of the island and said we could do this to the entire continental united states from california to maine we could burn it that's what i think happened like we, we're just going to demonstrate to you what we have the capability of doing and you tie that story in with stories like the northern california fires a couple years ago mm -hmm. and then earlier this year all the uh, forest fires that started simultaneously on the U.S.-Canadian border. Remember right. that? They, yes. They had to do all the, uh, the smoke alerts and everything. Well, that mm -hmm. was all coming from fires that were up on the U.S.-Canadian yes. border. Mm -hmm. These fires that all started simultaneously. That's right. So, and it can be done by satellite. Right. And we heard from the general earlier in his presentation and from the uh, article we just did about uh, and the, uh, sec the secretary of the uh, of High the air force la lasers on the secretary of the air force saying uh, we've got to get ready for a war 
we've never seen. Right. And Congressman Gallagher is saying, we got to get American industry on a war footing. What, what jolted them? What got them motivated? I think Lahana. I think inside Washington, they know China just demonstrated their ability to burn an entire continent. My friends, I, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to terrify people, but you need to get ready. You have to spiritually be ready because uh, there's no guarantee that we physically live through this. Right. And, and just like in 1941, there were signs and stories in June and July of 1941 that if the right people had been listening at the right time, they would have been prepared for December 7th, 1941. Right. But there were also people in Washington who wanted December 7th to happen. They were looking for the entry into the war. Right. And they were waiting on the event to happen to kick off a war. Um, I want to put back up on the screen uh, from American Reserves. This is their 30-day bucket. And uh, there's two buckets that, uh, that they offer in the 30-day uh, package. Uh, that's uh, two of two. Okay, so there's a... One of one of two and two of two. Okay, so uh, either one. I just want you to see that it's a it's a two bucket package in a thirty day supply, and then if you if you go to the uh, twelve month emergency food supply, it includes uh, twelve months worth of buckets one and two. That's what you're getting, and so they have a thirty day. They have a seventy two hour, thirty day, six months, twelve months plus all the side buckets, check out the website, AmericanReserves.com. As I said before, it, it will only take one major event to wipe out that company's entire inventory. It will wipe out the inventory of every emergency food preparedness company in the nation, and there won't be any more because the Pentagon will seize all the supplies. Right. They'll immediately seize Whatever supplies are out there, farms will be nationalized. Farmers will be told all food goes to the Pentagon, goes to, to FEMA. That's what happens in a war. So you either buy it now while the sun is shining or you get nothing when the sun goes dark. That's it. Because if you're thinking, well, it's a, it's a nice day. The, the, the news isn't that bad today. I'll buy it later. The sun is shining now. Buy the food now while the sun is shining. When, when it goes dark, there's no food because it will be sold out and then any future supplies will be seized by FEMA and the Pentagon because we will be in a national state of war. So this is the time to buy the food, AmericanReserves.com. Um, we got a few more items here. We want to talk about uh, before we go to uh, go to a break. This next one, uh, this is number twenty-six. Uh, Ukraine, a military laboratory, says a senior Pentagon official. And uh, I got this. Uh, I saw it on RT, and then I I found the the uh, website at the Reagan Foundation. Uh, as you see, this was a seminar that was held just a couple days ago. And I, I, I don't think we're going to be able to get to the, uh, no, we can't. I've got a video clip, and it's, it's three 
It's three minutes long, and I'm not going to be able to show it to you. But I will show it to you on Monday. Yes. We got to run. Coming up is Morning Manna with our Bible study. We're in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And I believe that there will be a second book of Acts in the church that's alive in the last days before Jesus Christ comes. You're watching True News. Thank you for watching. Don't go away. We'll be back in just one minute. Are you concerned about this economic storm and how your IRA and 401k will fare during these turbulent times? Top experts are predicting now is the time to be protecting your assets with physical gold and silver. Find out why Genesis Gold Group is the number one recommended company by your favorite preppers and homestead channels. Receive Genesis Gold Group's free definitive gold guide today or give them a call at 800-200-GOLD. Let's uh, invite the Holy Spirit into this Bible study. Dear Heavenly Father, our precious Papa, Father, we love you and we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for this beautiful day and we express our gratitude for all that you have done for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit into this morning manna Bible study to teach us your word, to reveal to us more clearly the wondrous nature of your son, Jesus Christ and his character and to understand his kingdom. Father, that we would be good disciples who would go forth into all the world and be salt and light and take the message of the gospel of the kingdom throughout the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So verses 17 through 24, Rick? Yes, sir. All right. So I'm reading from the King James here, uh, Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 17. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then he called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after, they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. God bless the reading of his word there. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so we'll start with verses 17 and 18. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry 
for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. Peter doubted in himself. You could preach an entire sermon on that. Yes. One sentence. sentence. Peter doubted in himself. He did not doubt that... Got to remember, at this point, Peter's still on the rooftop. Right. He just came out of the vision, the trance. He did not doubt that what he experienced was a heavenly vision from God. His doubt was whether he understood the meaning of this unusual vision. He doubted his intellectual and spiritual capacity to comprehend the message God sent to him. He wasn't doubting the vision. He was doubting whether he would interpret it correctly. Yes. What did it now, mean? Yes. An alternative interpretation to this verse is this. When Peter came out of the trance and was in himself again, he was perplexed about what happened to him and what he saw and heard. Typically, the Holy Spirit reveals new understanding to us in incremental stages. The truth is not new. It's our understanding of the truth that is new to us. There's no more new truth. God's not making new truth. Right. The Holy Spirit will lead us to a full understanding of the revelation he desires us to receive. And it's okay to tell the Holy Spirit you don't understand something in the Bible or something he's trying to show you. It's okay to say to him, I don't understand. Help me. And you've encountered that too, Rick, haven't you? Oh, my. You've watched me, Doc. Yes. The, uh, the the one that I always come back to is uh, your vision of uh, the streams in the underground yes. church. And it took, took, you, know, you didn't know then what the streams meant at the time. It took no, a it while. Took it took several years for me to understand it. Right. And I didn't understand it until I was on a fast. And I wasn't fasting to understand it. But during the fast, the Lord said, said you want to know about that vision several years ago? Here's the mm -hmm. meaning. So it's okay to say to God, I don't understand what you're trying to show me, or I don't understand this verse. He's a kind father, and he will gently lead you to the truth. Right. He desires his sons and daughters to understand his word. And he's not a cruel teacher that's going to wrap your knuckles with a, a wooden ruler. He's a kind father, and he'll he'll take time with you to show you the truth that's in his word. Now, while Peter doubted in himself whether he understood the revelation in the vision, we then come to, behold, look, Cornelius' servant and the soldier appeared before the gate of the house of Simon the Tanner. Peter was still on the rooftop. The men were on the ground level 
standing at the porch doorway to Simon the Tanner's house. <clears throat> they had entered the property. There's a, there's a gate to get to the house. What was the significance of the three men appearing at the very moment Peter was struggling to understand the vision? Here's the significance. They were the answer. Yes. Peter's trying to understand the vision. What does this mean? And the Holy Spirit says, look down. Peter looks down and, and he sees three Gentiles. What does this mean? The Holy Spirit saying, Peter, they're the answer to the vision. This explains the vision. Peter's still processing all this stuff. The three men were Gentiles. Peter was wrestling with the meaning of the vision, and God sent three Gentiles to stand at the gate at the very same time he's wrestling with knowing the meaning of the vision. A, a, a proper understanding of the Greek word for gate is the doorway of a property that leads to the house, a portal, a vestibule. So they're, 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 they're on the property of Simon the Tanner, but they're not in his house. Right. <clears throat> Doc, I believe the gateway represented the door to the Gentile nations. Well, I like that. That's good. Three Gentiles standing at the doorway to the house. The Holy Spirit is saying to Peter, Peter, here's your explanation. What do you see? And Peter would have to reply, I see three Gentiles. Well, in Peter's Jewish mind, they're unclean. What did, what did Peter see and hear the men doing? They were inquiring asking questions when peter noticed them they were asking somebody in simon the tanner's house whoever came to the the doorway the gate they were asking if there was a man in the house whose name was simon peter right because that had been revealed to to cornelius by the lord himself that's right the lord gave uh cornelius the name of the man that they were to seek and said he's at a house by the seaside. Yes. So the three men were in the act of asking for Peter when Peter noticed them as he pondered the meaning of the vision. The Holy Spirit beautifully arranged all the players and the scenes in this spiritual drama to harmonize with each other. And the timing was perfect. <clears throat> verses 19 and 20. While Peter, <clears throat> excuse me, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So let, let's try just to imagine the scene. You know, the, the Bible never tells us all of the minute details 
but it's okay for us to to imagine and try to visualize what what was it like how did it how did it happen what was going on what was the scenery like so peter had had just come out of this very unusual trance where a divine voice from heaven told him not to call unclean what God had made clean. He was still on the rooftop. The last thing he remembered before the trance was that he was hungry. Right. And he was waiting for the lunch meal to be prepared. So Peter's on the rooftop quietly pondering all that he saw and heard as he gazed towards the Mediterranean Sea. And as I said before, oceans, seas in the Bible always represent humanity. Peter was still contemplating the heavenly voice. He then transitioned from the spiritualized state of consciousness that he had been in. And now suddenly he's back in himself. He realizes I'm standing on the roof. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was hungry. They're getting ready to, they're preparing the meal. What just happened to me? He's he's thinking this. He's coming out of this, this trance and getting back into himself. And he heard human voices. He heard a conversation below him. Uh, the Ethiopian Bible says that he was on the third floor. <laughs> so he's looking down. Two floors below him. He heard a conversation on the ground level. He, he looks down. He gazes down. He sees three men. They're not Jews. They're Gentiles. One of them was a Roman soldier. He could hear the conversation. They were Roman asking. Soldier. Yeah, a Roman soldier showing up at a, at, a, at a Jewish home. Well, what would be your first thought? Oh, we're in trouble. Something's going down. They're going to arrest me. I'm right. going to be arrested. Yeah. It's like Homeland Security showing up. Right. And so they're asking whoever it is that opened the door that came out to the gate of Simon and Tanner's house. They're asking that person, is there a man in this house whose name is Simon Peter? <laughs> and Peter's, Peter's probably thinking, I better jump off the other side of this roof and run yeah i mean be, it'd be like a soldier or a police officer showing up at your front door and saying is raymond burkhart here or is rick wiles here yes uh, and you know you're you're in the natural your first thought is oh oh boy what's what's going down here but the holy spirit knew peter more than peter knew peter right and the holy spirit knew peter is about to bolt <laughs> Peter's going to run as fast as he can run. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Peter, look there. There are three men looking for you. Go down there now. Do not hesitate. Go with them. Yes. Do not, do not doubt anything. I, the Lord, I have sent them to you. The time for wondering about the vision has ended. I'm going to show you the meaning of the vision. Get up. Go with the men. Peter, you you're going to realize these three men are Gentiles. Don't go into a religious meltdown. 
Do not doubt anything you've seen and heard in the vision. And don't doubt what's happening to you now in real time. Just trust and obey. That's basically what the Holy Spirit was saying to Peter. Right. Like, Peter, don't flip out. Just, just trust and obey. Go with them. <clears throat> the Lord's saying, I'm in this. This is all part of the trance, the vision that you, you saw. Verse 21, then Peter went down to the men which were sent for, unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? In other words, hey, I'm the man. What are you here for? What are you asking? Why are you looking for me? Now, Peter doesn't know yet, no. other than the Lord has simply told him to go with the men. Um, he doesn't know anything about Cornelius or anything no. at this point. Nope. And he doesn't know if this is good or bad. He right. just knows the Lord is telling him, don't resist, go. And don't doubt. So Peter obeyed the Holy Spirit's instruction. The instruction was, don't hesitate, climb down from the roof and greet the men, then go with them and do not doubt anything. You will understand if you obey. Increasing revelation will come with every step of obedience. Amen. That's right. That's worth getting up this morning. God will give you increasing revelation with every step of obedience you take. Many of us will just, when God is telling us something and giving us an instruction, we'll, we, we will freeze and say, well, explain it to me. Tell everything. I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. Just tell me. And he doesn't tell you. He says, start walking. And as you're walking, I'll tell you. But we want him to tell us before we walk. <laughs> but he doesn't do it our way he's not going to change his ways he's he's very stuck in his ways all right we're the ones who are going to change we're going to do it his way if we insist on doing it our way he'll let us do it for a while but it's going to be miserable eventually you'll do it his way and his way is always by faith right you start walking, I'll start talking. Doubting nothing. Doubting nothing. I like that. You start You start walking, I'll start talking. I think about Isaiah 65, verse 24, which is about the Messiah. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, and of a good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee unto his house and to hear words of thee. The three visitors immediately identified Cornelius as the man who sent them to find Peter. And they promptly informed Peter that Cornelius was a just man, that he feared God. He had a good reputation among the Jews. And they told Peter that Cornelius was warned from God by an angel to travel to Joppa to find a man named Simon Peter and to take 
that man to Cornelius's house. Why? Because Cornelius desired to hear Peter's words, his sermons, his teachings about God, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. Verses 23 and 24. Then, then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied them, accompanied him. Now, there's a lot really in that verse. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> because he lodged them. They, they put up three Gentiles in a Jewish home. Yes. And I'm, I'm assuming that Peter got permission from Simon the Tanner. You know? I hope so, yeah. <laughs> but I... I believe, I believe what, of course he did, and but I believe Peter paid Simon for the lodging of all three men. I believe he told Simon the Tanner, if you'll put these guys up here tonight, I'll pay you for their, for their lodging and their food tonight. So Peter invited the men into Simon the Tanner's house, gave them lodging for the night, and Peter's hospitality to graciously invite the Gentile men to stay there with him and with Simon the Tanner shows how promptly he began to change his attitude and behavior towards Gentiles. It was now, there was a change taking place in Peter. The process had begun. He's still trying to figure it out. The next morning, Peter departed with the three men to go to Cornelius' house. Scripture says, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Right. How many? The answer is in Acts 11, verse 12. It tells us that the certain brethren were six men. Peter took six men with him and the three Gentiles, and traveled to Caesarea. And I believe, I believe Peter took them for two reasons. He took the six men, which would be brethren, fellow Christians, to be witnesses of whatever was about to happen. Right. I believe P Peter told them, said, hey, I'm telling you something big is about to happen. I don't know what it is. But this is unusual. God is doing something. I want you guys to be there with me. Witness it so that when I tell others what happened, there will be six witnesses to say that is the truth that really happened. The second reason is Peter did not know the three men. He did not know Cornelius. He did not know where they were leading him. He went with them, but he took six men with him. He obeyed, but he took some bodyguards just in case. That is an example of a mixture of faith and prudence. Peter acted on faith. He obeyed the Lord's instruction, but he also said to himself, I'm going to be prudent and I'm going to take Six big guys with me. And because I don't know where this is leading. I just know 
the Holy Spirit told me to go. Verse 24, and the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. This is on the second day of travel. They entered the city of Caesarea. A total of four days had passed since the beginning of this spiritual saga. The angel appeared to Cornelius on the first day. The messengers arrived in Joppa on the second day. Peter departed with them on the third day. All of them arrived in Caesarea on the fourth day. Now, Cornelius was waiting. He was eagerly anticipating their arrival. And he invited his relatives and closest friends to meet Peter and to hear the message. These were the people he had the closest, most intimate relationship with, the ones he loved the most. And no doubt Cornelius told his relatives and friends about the vision he experienced and his dispatch of the three men to Joppa to fetch a man called Simon. Cornelius knew in his spirit that something special from God was underway, and he desired that the people he dearly loved would be with him to experience it. And Doc, last night as I was studying the scripture, I got a, uh, I got a revelation and understanding. This whole concept has been raging for how many centuries? Because we're going we're gonna to read next week what happens when when they all get together at Cornelius's house and Cornelius and his um, household believed and were baptized. So there's been a debate among churches and denominations for centuries. Did one one group of churches, you know, the Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, the Lutherans, the uh, the Reformed churches, they use that scripture as the as the foundation to say they baptized infants. On the other side, you have many of the other Protestant churches, particularly the Baptists, um, the Mennonites, so forth, who say no. They, it, it, it does not say that they baptized infants. Doc, what... <laughs> What dawned on me last night was Cornelius filled his house up with his friends and family. Right. He called in his mother and father, his, all his cousins, uncles everybody. and cousins. He called them all in. And his friends were family to him. They were of his house. They came and left like they lived there. They were the closest friends he had. All of these people believed and got baptized. That answered it for me. It, it, it brought closure to my mind about this debate. Uh, Acts 10, verses 3 and 6. We're going back to the beginning of this chapter. He saw, this is Cornelius. 
he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him, saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell you what you ought to do. This is the reason Cornelius was so excited. This is why he was waiting for Simon Peter to show up. This is why he invited his relatives and closest friends. Because the angel said, when this Simon comes... He will tell you what you ought to do. That line right there, that explains Cornelius's excitement, his anticipation, his enthusiasm. He was waiting like a child. This man, Simon, I don't even know the man, but an angel said he's going to come from Caesarea and tell me what I should do. What I should do what? To get closer to God. Cornelius was a devout man who feared God. The, the Holy Spirit is dealing with Cornelius' heart. He's saying, Cornelius, you are a, you're a Gentile. You're outside the Jewish nation. But you love the God of Israel. And you've got a good heart. You're a devout man. You give generously to the poor and this pleases God I've sent an angel to you Cornelius this angel is telling you to send men to the city of Caesarea and find a man named Simon Peter and when he comes back to your house he's going to tell you the next thing you're supposed to do and what this next thing is is going to bring you into citizenship in Israel. Cornelius had expectant faith. He was expecting something good to happen when Peter arrived. Cornelius was excited about being told by Peter what he should do to please God. And my last thought is, as Cornelius invited his closest friends and his family, he had gathered together the nucleus of the first church of Gentiles. <clears throat> and it began right there. That's the meaning of this story. The first church of Gentiles began in that house. They had a home church meeting. And Rick, when they when they had that meeting, do you think his 100 legionnaires were also presented with the gospel? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, I'm sure they was. <clears throat> it's, it's a good question. Because the centurion commanded 100 legionnaires. Yes.
So a, a company of, of soldiers. And so, and these men lived together, worked together, ate together. Uh, they operated like as one company. Uh, and then a lot of people don't know this, but when a, a, a legion also had a, a family camp that followed them around. Mm-hmm. In other words, some of the uh, centurions were married and their wives and children would actually follow the soldiers and cook meals, provide support for, uh, you know, uh, for the uh, soldiers and everything. Uh, you know, it, today's modern military, we have soldiers that do that. But back then they didn't. They had people that came with them. So if you count the hundred soldiers plus the support family and everything, and then uh, Cornelius's own family and his kinsmen, we're talking maybe three, four hundred people at this yes. point. That's right. That's right. We don't know how far it spread. Right. Obviously, it did. He became the he became the bishop. He became the bishop of the church. Uh, Jennifer asked the question: Are we Gentiles? No. No, you were a Gentile before you were saved. Yep. Paul calls us Jews now. We are citizens of Israel, citizens of the kingdom of God. And this is this is a mind bender. And the Christian Zionists don't like this. But but the Jewish people who reject Jesus are now Gentiles. You got it. It's been flipped around. Gentile simply means outside the outside the family of God. And the, the Jews for a long time were God's chosen people. But God's chosen people are the people who trust and obey him. Yes. And the message to 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 Cornelius, the angel said, Peter is going to tell you what you ought to do, what you ought to do to get closer to God, to enter into the citizenship of Israel. And what you must do now, post-resurrection, after the cross. Before the cross, you had to convert to Judaism. You had to be circumcised. You had to go through the whole conversion ritual to be a citizen of Israel. After the cross, your heart has to be circumcised. You have to go to the cross. You have to, all, all races, every single race, we stand equal. We stand level at the cross. And everybody must go to the cross, confess their sins, believe in the name of Jesus, and be baptized. And when that happens, you enter into the citizenship of Israel. Right. And the door is open to everybody. And God desires the Jews to come back into Israel. That thing, remember, that entity over there in Palestine is not Israel. It's a political man-made system. It's not Israel. Israel is worldwide. It is the body of Christ. 
And in, a, in the Christian Zionist churches, they will pull their hair out when you say those things. <laughs> They'll accuse you of teaching replacement theology. But they're the ones who have replaced. They've replaced. They've taken Jesus and replaced Jesus with the state of Israel. Yes. They're the ones who are teaching replacement theology. So don't let them intimidate you. Just love on them. Be, uh, be gracious to them. Pray that their eyes of understanding are open. So, Doc, let's go ahead and, and uh, enter into the Lord's Supper, okay. Holy Communion. And uh, let's pray first. Let's take time. Always before you receive the sacraments of the Lord's Supper, always first allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart and confess any sins. And then you can go to the Lord's Supper table with a clean heart, clean hands, clean mind. Let's pray. Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we have a we have a high priest in Jesus Christ. And Father, we confess our sins that we have committed in our mind, in our words, in our, in our deeds. Since we have last gathered here to, with you last week. Father, we ask you to forgive us of our sins and wash them away and remember them no more. We thank you for giving us a savior, not a one-time savior, but an every-time savior. Amen. We need Jesus every hour of the day. And we thank you that you provided us with a savior. We, we're humbled to know, Father, that you realize that we are, we are made of dust, that we are we are human creatures with a fallen nature. And you have made provision for us to have our sins forgiven and to stand before you righteous and right standing before you. And to have our names in your book of life. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, no matter where you are, uh, and we've got friends all over the world that are joining us for uh, the Holy Supper, uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray for the Lord to bless the elements of uh, communion. And so if you have those ready, we're going to pray, ask the Lord to bless it for uh, our, uh, our offering to him. So uh, let's pray that blessing right now. Almighty God, in your tender mercy, you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. He offered himself and made once for all time a perfect and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. He instituted this remembrance of his passion and death, which he commanded us to continue until he comes again. And so, Father, we ask you to bless and sanctify with your word and Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine that we may partake of his most blessed body and blood. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed once for all upon the cross. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah.
On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for you, preserve your body and soul to everlasting life. This is the bread of heaven. Take and eat in remembrance that Christ died for you. After supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve your body and soul to everlasting life. Drink the cup of salvation in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This sacrament is the gift of God for the people of God. Feed on him by faith with thanksgiving that Christ died for you. God bless you for participating with uh, us wherever you are in the world right now in Holy Communion. This is what connects us. Connects us not only right now as brothers and sisters in Christ, but connects us all the way back to the very, to the first century, to believers then. We're all the family of God. Some of us have gone on ahead, but we're all part of the family of God. And we identify one another by our participation in the Lord's Supper. It's always a blessing, Rick. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm glad that we're able to do this on a weekly basis now yes. with our brethren all over the world. It's a good Praise way. God to get together. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we pray for you. Please pray for us. And we will rejoin uh, here at 12 noon Eastern time for True News. And then we'll see you on Monday at 8 a.m. for Morning Manna. God bless. God bless everyone. And if you want to be part of our live Morning Man, a Bible study at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, just become a member of Faith and Values, faithandvalues.com. And we've got a special membership offer that expires September 30th. So this is the time to take advantage of it. Uh, one quick thing, and there's there's the offer, 30-day free trial, $8.99 per month. And we will guarantee that price for 36 months. It expires September 30th. Doc, one thing I want to uh, bring up, and we got one minute here. This is a late-breaking news story in World War III, and it was just reported by the Wall Street Journal that President Biden has decided to give ATACM long-range missiles to Ukraine. Yes. This happened today, Friday afternoon. So Mr. Zelensky um, begged some more, and I guess uh, Charles Schumer and Mitch McConnell— uh, helped him beg, and he got the Attackam mag uh, missiles. These are long-range missiles, 
And a year ago, in 2022, the Russian government said, if Biden ever gives attackums to Zelensky, America will cross the red line. Right. So Biden crossed the red line today. World War III just, we just went up another notch, folks. You got to get ready. Yes. Get ready as fast as you can. That's uh, it for today and for this week. We appreciate you being here with us throughout the week. We will be back here on Monday. Um, Alex Newman is going to be with me next week. we got other guests lined up. You don't want to miss one episode of True News. Go to um, faithandvalues.com and check out our new platform. On behalf of Doc, I'm Rick. I'll see you on Monday. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Odyssey. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.